Hi, welcome to Nanny Navigates with your host, Nanny, aka Vaishnavi Venkatesh. I had a mission. I wanted young people to see themselves represented in a podcast and feel like they have a voice in the world. Join me as I navigate through ideas, issues, and topics that today's youth deals with in a podcast made for young people by a young person. So, without further ado, let's get into it. Euphemism. Noun. A mild or indirect word of expression substituted for one considered to be too harsh or blunt when referring to something unpleasant or embarrassing. We all encounter these euphemisms in everyday life. So tell me if you've heard of these ones. That time of the month. Extremely common. Code red or the dreaded on flow. The definition of euphemism states that they are used in substitution for more unpleasant or embarrassing things, but periods, and yes, I'm using that word, should be anything but that, which is what I hope to accomplish by the end of this episode. Today, we'll be exploring the taboo of periods, looking at religious and cultural customs from all around the world. We will also be investigating period poverty and how we can get rid of the stigma once and for all. By the way, it's already pretty obvious, but I'm kind of putting myself out there in this episode. I was a bit apprehensive about recording this, afraid to be so vulnerable. And I'm sure at least some of you are a bit uncomfortable with talking about this topic so openly as well. However, I realized that my feelings also had to do with the stigma. I feel embarrassed to talk about a topic that personally affects literally half of Earth's population. I'm learning just as much as you are with each episode, and hopefully by the end of this episode, I can normalize this conversation, as well as my own uneasiness. When I had first gotten my period, and by the way, it was at a Trader Joe's, I was embarrassed to tell my mom. Both my parents are actually pretty open and willing to talk about these things. I was lucky that I felt like I could confide in her. In my culture, getting your first period is an auspicious and positive thing. So when I got home, we did arti, which is when you offer light, a candle, to a deity and pray. And put sugar on my tongue because we mark happy occasions with sweetness. If I were back in India, you'd likely have this big colorful festival where all the women in the entire neighborhood come and celebrate. But I begged my parents not to do that with our neighbors. What I'm so confused about, though, is that getting your first period in India is an auspicious, happy thing but often even mentioning the word menstruation is considered a taboo and shameful. To learn more about how the taboo physically and emotionally affects girls in India, I've brought in a very special guest, my grandmother, Chandrakala Venkatesh, but I call her Balapati. She was born and currently lives in India, but she's lived in the US, UK, and has visited countless other countries. She's here today to share her story, experiences, and memories. I've been to the yeah. place where you were born and raised as a child. What was it like growing up as the youngest of how many, seven siblings? Yeah, yeah. Four, uh, four brothers, and uh, four sisters and three brothers. Oh, it was a lot of fun and it was quite nice. <laughs> uh, every day something will be happening and uh, I was the pet child of the family because I was the last one. So 
everybody used to pamper me. So. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell me a bit about your first period story, what you were thinking, and who you turned to for help? Suddenly, when I completed my 12 years, suddenly I could feel something is abnormal in me. So I don't know what to do and what to say. So I thought maybe there's something is happening in me. So maybe after some time, it will be okay. I, I got it in the after evening, about six o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then I thought I went to play also. Then I couldn't play well, so I came back. Then I had my dinner and uh, I went to sleep. And then I could feel that while before going to sleep, I went to bathroom. I could find something is very, very abnormal. I don't know what to do. I don't know whom to ask. And my sister was not that close to me. So my mother, of course, in the olden days, if you say something, they definitely say, you know, oh, keep quiet, everything will be okay. So I thought something is like that. It will be okay after some time. But the whole night I could feel the wetness, you know, the whole bed was wet and the morning I couldn't get up. I know something is very, very bad badly happened to me. So if I get up in front of all my brothers, uh, it doesn't look nice. So I was uh, told my mom that uh, today I'm not feeling well, Amma. So I'm not going to school today. Please excuse me. She said, okay. Then after some time, my old brothers, they went out, college and office. So then again, she called me. Then I said, Amma, again, I'm not well. She said, what is this from yesterday evening onwards? You are complaining, not well, not What do you mean by not well? Tell me exactly what is happening. Then I said, uh, send uh, sister Lalita. So she came to me. Then she asked, is it this way? Something is there like that in red color? I said, yes. Then she said, you get up, go to the bathroom. Uh, don't touch anything here. Straight away you go to the bathroom. I was very much hesitating to get up and walk through. But somehow I went, then she told me to have a bath and then I had my bath and then she came to the bathroom and she said, this is how we have to uh, manage three to four days, be careful. And she taught me how to do, keep the uh, pad or what do you call them? I don't know. Yeah. You know, and those days uh, uh, only we use uh, old uh, clothes only, uh, some thin material which will never have pain or anything. So then three days, first day I was damn upset. I didn't go out. I didn't get up from bed. And I had to, moreover, I had to sit separately. I should not mix up in the family. So I didn't look at my brother's face because I was very much shy and uh, I don't know how to talk to them now. And my mother told me, you can talk and all, but you should not touch your brothers now, hereafter. Mm-hmm. So I can tell by what you're saying that your relationship with your siblings changed drastically after you got your first period. Yeah, for, yeah, because first few months, it was always, you know, whenever you get a period, then again, you're conscious, oh, you should not touch your brothers, oh, you should not touch anybody, you know. Even my father, he also changed after that. Oh, no, you should not come very closer. You can only talk to me. Mm-hmm. So brothers were definitely... They stopped uh, playing with me and uh, touching, you know. So yeah. I was a bit upset. Then slowly I became all right. So could what could you and couldn't you do when you were on your period? Who told you these rules and who enforced these rules? Well, that was the 
main mistake you know nobody has told me i in in our own our day our days in the school uh, the teachers or in the school people they won't discuss about this it is something we should not uh, talk about this when it comes on his own you can learn that's what they were forcing and we should not ask our mother or anything but i got it very early unexpectedly at the age of 12 i got it and then my mother was a bit upset and uh, first day the whole house was in a, a total uh, in a sad mood actually oh why she became she uh, so early the age of 12 she has matured so it would have gone at least four five years mainly they are worried because when this comes the girl has to be more careful so they will only say don't go here don't go there the by the time you go come back by 7 o'clock you have to be home and uh, no do not talk to any boys in the class or outside if anybody calls you for uh, uh, going out or something like like a cup of uh, to have a cup of coffee and uh, but those things uh, we are totally <laughs> not to do Mm-hmm. that's so i uh, brought up you know and then it became used to it you know after two three years this is how you have to live so i had to get adjusted and uh, it was okay mhm so how did these practices that you became accustomed to as you mentioned change once you got married and moved to your husband's house oh yeah there luckily my husband's house in laws they were not that strict they told me you can do whatever you want but only the prayer you should not do for four days when you become all right then you can fifth day onwards you can start your prayer uh, even my mother in law was not that strict she said you can do whatever you want to do don't touch me but uh, you feel uh, you can be very free if you want to go out attend some classes or something i i used to attend music then i said no i cannot do that so what i did i was a bit uh, ashamed to stay in in-laws house you know freely because i was always sitting separately in, in a different room mm-hmm. so i said no i'm going to my house my mother's house so i came three days to the other and i stayed there then after fourth day i went back so they were all laughing at me um, all my sister in law brother in law oh this old lady has come <laughs> so i was a bit astonished you know i couldn't face them first time then second time and all i stayed there only mm-hmm. so this is the last question if yeah. you, if you could tell your younger self who had just gotten her very first period one thing what would you tell her <coughs> oh it is <laughs> quite difficult but i will never do the mistake as my mother and my sister they did you know actually they don't want to tell me to scare me that's the main thing i was uh, in the end i was thinking of uh, those things but uh, i will definitely tell the youngster whether is uh, my cousin or any friend's daughter or something i will say that this is what the thing how old are you and you have to be very very careful and you have to manage on your own and nothing to be panicky or anything you should on the contrary you should manage on your own which i didn't know at that time because i was not known you know unknown so that mistake should not happen to the uh, youngster mm-hmm. that is my wish everyone should come to know exactly like uh, usa everyone has to come to know and then learn 
things from the youngsters and uh, be happy and give good advice to your uh, children. Menstruation stigma is a form of misogyny. Negative taboos condition people to believe that periods are shameful and should be hidden, which goes back to earlier with the euphemisms. By not naming something and coming up with thousands of ways to avoid saying it, we reinforce the idea that that topic should not be named. Like my grandmother mentioned, because of this, a lot of girls, especially in South Asia, are unaware of periods and sanitary products before reaching puberty. Without being properly educated, these girls don't know what's happening to them, making this whole thing that much more embarrassing and frightening. Next up, we'll be discussing period poverty and how that impacts girls at school. So stay tuned. Harris Insights and Analytics did a recent study of 1,000 teens aged 13 through 19. The study found that a startling one in five of teenage girls can afford to buy menstrual hygiene products. It also found that two thirds of participants feel stressed because they don't have access to tampons or pads. 61% have worn tampons for more than four hours, which is an unhealthy amount of time. And 83% think lack of access is not talked about enough. This is a big problem and not just for America, the Guardian has reported that in Kenya, two-thirds of women and girls can afford sanitary pads. And in India, only 12% of menstruators have access to proper sanitary products, leaving the other 88% dependent on rags, sawdust, and other unsafe and unhealthy materials. This is an especially large issue for girls in school. According to the Harris Insights and Analytics study, 25% of respondents missed class because they didn't have access to tampons or pads. UNICEF has estimated that roughly 1 in 10 girls in Africa miss school because of their periods each year. The stigma also plays a huge role in girls continuing school past puberty. In India, as many as 1 in 5 girls drop out of school after getting their periods. And in some regions, that number is closer to 4 out of 5. Here in America, the stigma makes girls and women take extreme lengths to conceal their periods. Even for me in school, I'd make sure that absolutely nobody was in the hall and all the classroom doors were closed and hid sanitary products behind my back or in my sweatshirt. I was just so petrified of people finding out. So what can we do to help end this stigma? Well, there are several educational programs like Femme International dedicated to teaching women and girls about menstruation and empowering them with safe and healthy periods, as well as instructing men that menstruation doesn't make women unclean or unable to do things like praying and studying. Right here in New York City, Femstrate is another campaign run by young people that aims to give people access to period products amid the COVID-19 quarantine. To learn more about either of these amazing organizations, I've linked information in this episode's description. Something else we can do is to simply normalize the conversation at home 
realize that menstruation is a perfectly natural and regular thing that shouldn't only be talked about behind closed doors. It's also completely okay to talk about it with males in the house. And it should be. Because, like I said, menstruation stigma is a form of misogyny. It causes women and girls to feel ashamed of their period and to hide it, especially from men and boys. Hopefully, by normalizing the conversation and educating women and girls, we can get rid of the stigma once and for all. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Nanny Navigates. I really enjoyed talking to my grandmother about her personal story, as well as menstruation stigma and period poverty. Some updates, my blog is up and running, so check out nannynavigates.com to subscribe, as well as learn more information about upcoming episodes. I really enjoyed making this episode, and I hope you learned as much as I did. Until next time, keep exploring.